what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of the top flight podcast you know what it is you know what we're here to do back on screen i'm with the boys maybe a little bit of different set but it's still the boys we got primo in here my g primo we got eric the stat and topic contributor of the top flight podcast and we got a debut on screen i guess you could say face reveal man we got football critic my g um you know him from twitter from the twitter spaces from wilsontv.com he is a writer contributor for us such a hard worker man he's currently working on a run it back this really good series of us that we have on the website of recapping the previous games for Austin FC but i'm going to give him the floor real quick football critic how are you doing first of all um hopefully your day has has been good and then really introduce yourself to the people that don't know you yet bro welcome to tough light Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me, for inviting me. Um, I'm good. Day's been good. You know, um, for those that don't know me, yeah, I go by uh, Football Critic on Twitter. That's pretty much the only platform I use uh, to talk about Austin FC. Um, however, you can call me Alex, no problem. Um, I am, like, my um, my background is I, uh, I was born in Brazil, raised in Venezuela with uh, my Venezuelan mom, also have my Colombian dad. Um, after uh, uh, I le- after high school, I left Venezuela at 16 years old, and I got to live three years in Austin. Absolutely fell in love with the city, with the people, with everyone in Austin. Is like I've never uh, met people nicer anywhere else else in the world. So um, absolutely love the city. Sadly, had to leave. Uh, got to come to study in Colombia since I'm Colombian. Uh, get my professional degree, but, you know, always with Austin in my mind, trying to get back to Austin the best way possible. Um, and then once uh, Austin FC was born, inst- I instantly fell in love because I'm a really big soccer enthusiast. I actually don't have any other team that I follow. Like, I'm clubless except for Austin FC. I love the sport. I will watch every single good game in Europe, in South America, and whatever. But the only club that has my heart is Austin FC. Damn. And, of course, the Venezuelan national team. Of but, yeah. course. That's actually one thing that I was going to say. If you follow Football Critic, if you've been following him, a lot of people do. Um, they've listened to you come on the uh, spaces and drop some beautiful takes, especially when it comes to Danny. Um, you've been following him. You know a bit more of him. Um, and I think that's one of the one of the reasons why you your your Twitter became one of my favorites and almost a must follow uh, of the Austin FC like community because you had such um, you had a backup insight on the Danny Pereira performances that we were seeing seeing early on in the season when nobody really knew much about this kid other than the fact that we got him for an absolute steal super draft so it's been definitely nice bro welcome just like I said. Um, I, we got Primo in here as well, just like I said, and Eric, Primo, got to bring you in, mate. How you doing, bro? Doing all right, man. Doing great. Um, fresh cut? Fresh cut? I see it. Fresh, I fresh see cut, it. You can't man. hide it from me. You uh, can't hide it from me, bro. My hat's finally fit. There you go. That's so much hair, bro. But yeah, fresh cut, uh, midweek episode. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, man. We got the boys in here. Eric. Man United jersey in the background, but he's a Ronaldo hater and an Austin FC super critic. But we got him here on the Tough Life podcast. Helps us out with this with the stats and the topics. How are you doing, mate? Doing good. We got a lot to talk about. And I mean, it's almost the weekend, boys. I can't wait. Yes, it's Friday Junior recording a Top Flight Podcast midweek episode today on a Thursday. Couldn't do it yesterday. It should have been out today. I'm sorry. But you know what? 
it's kind of a good thing that we we pushed it back a day because a lot happened today on the Austin FC side of things on uh, social media that we're going to get into. Before we get into the state of the team, I want to send a shout out to the sponsor. Shout out to Guadalupe Realtor. Uh, her information will be on screen. You can find her there. If you have any questions on either buying or selling a home in the Central Texas or Austin area, make sure to hit her up. Make that process super easy on you. And it'll just fly by. I also want to plug in the website, Full Board Critic, be do dropping some very nice articles. But it's not just him. Shout out to my GJC and also Scott, who both of those writers we want to feature on the podcast, just like we're featuring Full Board Critic. So be on the lookout for those episodes whenever they come out. Um, also, just plugging in the podcast, make sure to tell your friends, family, share the, the podcast. We've been growing a lot lately. Uh, maybe it's been because of the maybe the reels we've been posting on Instagram with the collabs. But um, we appreciate all the new listeners we're getting, everybody, all the comments and all the concerns, especially after last episode. We hear them. Trust me, we hear them. And I side with a lot of y'all. Bali and B got out of hand, out of hand last episode. But um, I gave them a, a break today. I told B, I told Bali, like, hey, no episode for y'all today. You guys are not going to feature. And we're going to get some fresh voices on. And they were like, all right, you know what? We need space. And I was like, yes, y'all do. So the boys went their own way. Uh, B's doing his own thing with some other buds. I think Bali is just in his room sitting in the dark, just waiting <laughs> for Austin and C to come back, I think. But with let's, ski mask. let's get with the ski mask. Let's get into, into the episode of eight. Um, we're going to start out with the state of the team. Football critic had a, a beautiful idea. He said, hey, why don't we do a state of the team first? And you know what? I said, you know what? Boom. Let's do it. Uh, I compiled a list of really everything that's been going on really this week with Austin FC. And really, a lot of it happened kind of today and yesterday. So I want to start off with this quote from Brad Stuver. Now, you're only going to find this bit of information on CapCitySoccer.com. Shout out to the Ribbonator. Um, they were the, the ones that uh, supplied this, this quote um, once again from CapCitySoccer.com. It, it reads, this is a Stuver quote, kind of on the whole general feeling on the team and the whole mindset, I guess you can say. Uh, it says, the guys have this feeling in the locker room where we're frustrated, but it's because we hold ourselves to such a high standard. Uh, we have to keep in mind that we're not going to win every single game, but we, ha we have that expectation of ourselves that going forward. First, I want to get Primo's take on this, mate. Stuver sounding like, you know, the boys are frustrated, bro, but Stuber sounded like he's optimistic and ready to get out of this. I mean, maybe a bit of bad form. What are your thoughts on these bit of words from him, bro? Um, I mean, I think it's really good words coming from from Stuber, someone who's who's uh, seen highly in, in the team and within the Austin FC community. Um, and his thoughts maybe go along with a lot of the fan base. You know, a lot of the games so far have, haven't been going our way. And... Um, We've probably been expecting more from this team, but um, at the end of the day, it is still the beginning of the season. It's it's a long season, the longest one yet. So there's still so many games to come. Um, like Stuart said, we, we can't expect the team to win every single game. But uh, I think the good thing is that the team understands um, the frustration behind everything and and hopefully they can they can use that as fuel. And, and you know, we got a, a very important game coming up. So um the good thing is that these boys understand what what the situation is yes pretty well perfect full blow critic i want to ask you something mate um stuber here spot on what are your thoughts mate i think so i mean i i agree with primo and what he says like i think the team feels the exact same way that the fan base feels um not about wolf out but you know um, they are frustrated because they have that image of themselves from last year, same as we do. 
you know, we have them performing, we have them uh, doing great passes, combining with each other, feeling great in between them. This year, they are the same players, they have the same quality, but the the chemistry has left at some point. Um, they are not uh, connecting as well. And I don't think it's it's because the players themselves, but rather the way they're playing, they, it's different this year than last year. So I think, yeah, I think, you know, they are frustrated because they know what they're capable of. It's just that when adapting to this new way of playing, they're not being really successful. I agree, mate. Really good points there. Um, Wolf said this real quick. This is also from CapCitySoccer.com. He says, on the emotional state of the team, Joshua, uh, he said there's disappointment with some of the results thus far, but he sees that as a good reaction and a sign that the players have high standards. Kind of going with what Stuber said, you know, they said that they hold themselves to a high standard. Maybe that's why there's so much frustration in the boys' maybe body language um, frustration, you know, in their mind also. So um, hopefully against a tough, tough LAFC, which we're going to talk about later on in the episode, hopefully the boys can bounce back. I want to move on to some of the uh, other stuff that is happening with Austin FC. And it's the, we're going to talk about something maybe that's been controversial with some of the fans. It's the Maxi and Diego Instagram post um, with a hitting meaning, maybe. Uh, the uh, team comes out with a, with a post today clarifying what really happened. Well, not really clarifying, but they dropped a training video where you can see where the the picture came from, and it's Maxi and Diego and a bunch of other players, uh, Rigoni and Drusi, doing this running drill kind of. It's like a, maybe like a team building exercise, right? Uh, so the club kind of posted that, trying to clear clear the air. But football critic, you said that maybe the fans are looking too much into this, but you want to give us your take on everything going on, the whole Maxi and Diego post uh, situation? Yeah, man, I I'm, I absolutely agree that everything is just like people overreact. Way too much and way too do fast. They, do they? Do people really overreact? Yeah. No, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I you look at look at Max's personality, right? He's always like this happy, like clown type of guy, jokester, making jokester, everyone. Jokester. Yeah, Vibes, absolutely. Vibes. And he's he's got that with uh, Seba and and Diego too, right? We all saw it in Mate con Vos, right? So you see all of these pictures and like like those two like Max and Diego did not get the the idea of the training drill at all. They just messed it up completely. And you can hear in the video like all of the teammates just laughing and 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 telling them, hey, it's that that's not what you what you're supposed to do. And they're just having a laugh. They're just you know joking around. It's not like, it, I mean, to look the connection to I'm pissed that Wolf is not playing me and Fago is too. And like I to, I mean. Just if you just look at, at Max's personality, that's something absolutely normal and logical that he looks like he would do. You know, it's it's not it's you shouldn't be looking like for la, la quinta pata al gato. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 ah, I get yeah, you. So, so I no, um, I, I think it was a laughing between them, an inside joke, uh, nothing really to be worried about. They are public figures, but that was just an innocent post. You know, I don't think it has absolutely anything connected to a big problem in the locker room. I do. I feel like I am obligated to say this. Me as an admin of Warehousing TV, I do have to come out and say that that somebody that was at the that the training ground, um, not a journalist or anything like that, <clears throat> but somebody that was at the training ground that night, or I'm sorry, not not that night, but that 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 day, reached out to us. And they said, hey, y'all, like, this is nothing more than just a confusion of a certain training drill. It's nothing more than that. 
you know, there's there's no need to really make make more of it than that. But the fans were not taking it like that. But Football Critic just let us know that, hey, don't overreact. This could just simply be just a simple confusion on the training ground. But it is important to note that there has been a lot going into this. You know, it's not just random. It's been known and it's been clear that Maxi and Diego have been frustrated uh, with with maybe the team selection. You know, we've we we've seen it and we can't lie. It's it's been noted, right? I mean, uh, I, I will critics, say. Yeah, I, I will say like I, it, there's something that there's this uh, weird feeling in the locker room. Sure, I'm just saying it's completely unrelated to today's uh, Instagram story. Like, okay. not not connected. Hopefully, mate. I hope. I really, really hope because the locker room needs to be united. Primo, before that, I go to you. I want to get Eric's take on this because he always compares. Every awesome situation to Manchester United, bro. Everything is everything is. This reminds me of Ronaldo and Ericsson. Heck, this everything. So let's see what take he has. What is your take, mate, on maybe Maxi Uruti dropping Instagram posts with hitting meanings? It's also important to note that earlier this season, he posted a story after he was left off of the of the game. He was he posted a story with him pointing to the back of his jersey saying like, hey, this is my name. Like, this is me. Right. So, Eric, what do you got to say on this, mate? Maxi Urruti sending shots at his coach? He said he's sending he's sending those shots to the coach. He's going to go call Pierce Morgan in a, in a few months. Oh, my God. He's, he's going to do the interview and he's going to leave the club. And you guys are going to say, uh. Wolf out, wolf in, and it's going to be it's the same situation as Ronaldo, man. You gave me slack for it, I'm giving it right back. I just had to hold on to it. I was like, all right, Hernan, all right, keep it coming, keep it coming. And it's going to be my turn, and it's my turn. And don't tell me, later on we're going to win the Carabao Cup too, right, huh? Yeah? Yeah, come on, mate. Be real, brother. Primo, uh, your take real quick on the whole Maxi and Diego situation, because football critics saying everybody chill out, nothing's going on here. But you've been on the, the Top Flight podcast here in B, here in Bali, here in me, and on the Twitter spaces also. This has been this has been an issue leading up. And this post did not help cool down the narrative of, of hey, Diego and Maxi are maybe upset. This just this just made the fire wilder. It just made it bigger. But the club may be saying, like, hey, chill out. Football critic also saying chill out. What's your take? I mean, I think at the end of the day. I mean, Maxi knows what he's doing. Maxi knows what he's doing. <laughs> you had to say it. I mean, it you has, had to say I it. mean, if, if a player were to post something on Instagram, sending shots, it wouldn't be the first time that a, an Austin MC player has done that. So, You're a bad boy, man. I mean, You're a bad boy. Maybe, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just, you know, drills or whatever. I mean, we saw it in a video, but uh, with social media and, and Instagram posts, anyone can take it uh, anyway. So... Uh, he knew what he was doing, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was it was you know it was the drills or whatever. Um, there's a frustration there, absolutely. I mean, we we seen it clearly um, from from both players. Uh, so, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's you know it's still Austin SC. It's still the same team. The guys are teammates. Um, but well, we'll see. At the end of the day, whenever you're whenever you're called up by the gaffer, which is Joshua, you gotta perform. This is their job. This is this is what it comes with. And if they don't do good, we don't win games. And the fan base is unhappy. And when this fan base gets unhappy, 
You've seen the fan reactions. Uh, it gets it gets wild. I see Eric rolling his eyes, mate. Um, let's go on to one of the next um, state of the team talking points that we have here. Uh, let's see. We have Julio's injury. Uh, is Julio still injured? Today he comes out with a post on his story. If you follow him on Instagram, we also screenshot it. Sorry, burp there. Uh, we posted it on Instagram and on Twitter. And it's Julio on the pitch, on the training ground at the facility, the St. David's uh, Performance Center. And he's on the field, taking the field. Looks like he got his training shoes on, training boots. He's out there jogging. Maybe he was on the ball a bit, touching it around. He's working. That's the important part. He's working to get back to fitness. Uh, Football critic, I want to get you first on this, mate. Julio saying getting there. And the fan base erupted with happiness. They needed this good news, bro. Um, what's your take on Julio Cascante? Uh, may, could we see maybe him back on the on the field sooner than what we what we thought maybe at first? Or do you think it's going to still be a while until we see Julio? No, I mean the, the like when when the when he got injured, what did they say? Like six weeks? Eight, man. Eight. Eight. Eight okay, minimum. I, I, eight minimum. I think, I think the earliest that we could see him is seven weeks. I mean, he has taken that injury seriously. Like, like as soon as he got injured, he posted that that story like of, of him getting already like some treatment. And now we see him training. Obviously, those the the problem with muscular injuries is that they take a long time to be well enough for you to perform at a professional level. If you rush it, you're just gonna get hurt again. It's gonna be six, seven more weeks. So, no, I mean, it's good that he's, you know, I'm sure he's done everything to get back on the pitch. Uh, Julio did seem very excited to show a new version of him this year. Um, so he wants to play. He yeah. wants to be ready. He, he wants to help the team. But he health is also important. And we know this club takes the, the, the health issues important uh, in, a, in, a, in a good manner. So um, earliest, you know, seven weeks since the injury, not really that much to make a difference. Um, but it looks good. It looks, really, it looks in, a, in, a, in a good path. One thing's for sure that the this fan base misses him so much right now. And Primo, I want to get you in on this next question. The fan base misses him right now, bro. Like, everybody was so happy. It, it, like, there was like 30 likes on the post that we made on the Instagram story, and that's an, an outrageous amount of likes on a story. But now the fans want him back. If I recall, last season... The fans were criticizing him. There was a video with circus music of him coming out. And I was saying, this guy knows our system. Julio Cascante is an important piece of that backline. And people took him for granted. People took him for granted. Let's be real. Primo, let's get your your your, your take on what Julio meant for the team last season and how much we we miss him this season, if you may. And also kind of like, you know, what, what your quick overall feeling was when you saw Julio Cascante back on the training ground, bro. Yeah, I think um, I think Julio's uh, just situation altogether uh, in MLS is, has been amazing for him so far. Um, you know, coming out of you know playing a few minutes for Portland, um, making it into Austin's first team, and then kind of having a, a redemption season uh, last season because his first season wasn't all too great either. Um, I mean, as a defender, those mistakes are going to come, man. Those mistakes are, are going to happen sometimes. It's, you know, being a center back is probably one of the hardest positions to play. Um, you know, if something happens, it's it's yeah. easy to point the finger pretty pretty quick. Um, but Julio Cascante overall is, is a pretty solid player. He understands our system. 
Um, he was really good, uh, not only as as our center back, but he was up there scoring goals as well. Um, so is Julio Cascante miss? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you've seen how 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 shaky our season's been so far without him, and uh, just seeing that picture uh, that he posted um, earlier, kind of you know, brings brings um, brings brings uh, some some good emotion towards towards this fan base. Um, like football critics said, those injuries are are really tough to handle. Sometimes if you rush it, it, it can lead to even more injuries. And so even though it sucks to have them sit out and and not not um, present in these games, um, at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it because we're, he's going to come back healthy. Um, we probably won't see him for the next game. Uh, probably won't see him for the one after, maybe for the one against Galaxy, maybe as a sub. Um, but you don't want to you don't want to bring him out in in such an intense game like LAFC or or anything like that. So uh, I think he'll be I think he'll be gone still for the LA Galaxy, mate. I think he's think gonna so. miss that one for sure. So I think we we can start thinking about him coming back after the LA Galaxy. So. Once we cross that that bridge, the Galaxy Bridge, we should be thinking about Cascante coming back. Um, the post that we made on on Instagram, March third, um, it, it, yeah, it has here th- those games. Julio Cascante being out, tough, tough, mate. Uh, Eric, I want to get you in on this, man. Julio Cascante is 29 years old, bro. Um, just real quick, th- can he come back from this injury, bro? Um, I'm trying to get the exact um, communications uh, article on the on the official injury that he had but real quick i mean he's he's 29 it's kind of similar to an injury that he had before i mean can he make that bounce back bro at 29 yeah i think he can bring he can come back but i don't know why fans are getting so excited about him coming back so soon they shouldn't rush it he might fall again from his injury it's gonna be a longer time like football critic was saying and to me, the problem isn't in the back line. It's the midfield and the, and the, and the strikers. No goals. So, y'all need to worry about more the midfield and the strikers instead of a defender who is basically on the reserves right now. I got it right here. It says, um, Julio Cascante been diagnosed with a severe left of Dr. Strain, sustaining the team's opening match against St. Louis City. Football critic, um, same question to you, mate. Julio Cascante's 29 is still, you know, still... That's prime years for a football player. Obviously, um, you know, whenever you start getting into the the 30s, your mindset kind of changes a bit. You start losing a bit of your legs, right? Uh, that's what we've seen in a lot of players. The MLS is getting harder, more competitive, faster every single year. Same same question to you, bro. Um, can, can Julio Cascante come back at a high level from this injury and carry on in that level that he had last season with Austin? Because he was an important piece for us last year, bro. Thoughts on that? Look, I'm I'm gonna be honest about like we want Julio to come back because we are in a sort of a CB crisis, right? I do think he can come back at the same level that he left, but you gotta remember that same level, right? I was I was one of those people that would oh would would defend no would I would okay. defend Julio okay. last season or if Might anything be. not criticize him as hard as others. No, I would I like uh to me I would never put him in that that video with the with the music uh, the circus oh, yeah, music and all yeah. of that, right? No. That was wild. But you got to remember that. You got to remember what type of defender Julio was last year. And what was that? 
a defender who had mistakes in him. He's not perfect. He's not Garbels and he's not, you know, he had mistakes in him. I, I had hopes and I do think he, after last season, he can come back this year improved, right? Even even despite uh, this, this injury in the beginning of the season. I think he can be a better defender that, than he was last year. But just keep in mind that we're talking a last year six out of ten defender, if Gabrielson was seven, six out of ten defender from last year, hoping for him to be a seven marvelous if he's an A type of defender um, this year, right? So, yeah, we want him back, but he's not a miracle worker. He's not that hopeful wish. Just, again, calm down. Football critic with this with the with the breaks today on the podcast, May on the you know going through all the speed bumps with my G football critic. I I love it, especially after the show we had last episode on the weekend. I mean, this is a different change of pace. I love it. I'm all for it. Today has been great. Uh, Primo, I want to get um I was gonna ask you something, mate. Football critic out here, just great takes making me lose my um train of thought, but it was on the Julio Cascante um uh, situation as well. Uh, or you know what? I think that was it. Actually, uh, we can wrap it up. Any more thoughts on the Cascante take, y'all? Um, anything y'all wanna? Oh, I remember. My bad. I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna have to cut that out. Yeah, you know what? We can leave it. What I was gonna say, Primo, is do you think that when Julio Cascante comes back, him and Leo are gonna partner well in that back four, mate? Or you think that we're still gonna see maybe this kind of rotation? Because I felt like we were a little robbed from Julio Cascante and Leo back there. Because Ruben was great. Julio and Ruben were great. But Julio and Leo, that would have been interesting. Go ahead, Primo. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the chemistry is obviously not going to be there. Um, they, they they didn't have too much time playing together. Um, you know, they just had a few minutes that first game. And it was kind of uh, it's kind of hard to tell uh, just of off what we've seen, if, if it's going to click or not. Um, we all have hopes that it will. Um, it's not going to happen that first game that he comes back. It probably won't happen the next one after that. But it's it's definitely going to be a, a process for these two players to to get to know each other. Um, you know, Cascante being injured, he's not present in training either. So it's there's not too much going on between them right now. Um, but I think at the end of the day, these two uh Defenders, these two center backs know know what what needs to be done, and hopefully on that mutual thought, they're able to get the job, uh, get the job finished and get the job done. Definitely, mate. Um, since we're on the on the defense side of things, we got one more uh, topic to cover, and it's the 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 fact that we still don't have Alexander Randovanovic on the team yet. But is it really a surprise, especially after the visa issues we've had and and how, how long sometimes these things can can take, even in the in the real world, you know, taking away that these guys are are pro players, you know, they belong to a million dollar club, multi million dollar club, you know, these these things take long. Um, again, from Cap City Soccer, who who was at the, I think there was like a media. A, availability today at the training ground or something but uh they came out with a bunch of quotes on their website you can go check that out this one is up on there um this is this is wolf wolf on uh, randovanovic um well not necessarily wolf but it's um just like a a, a note quote that i got from there uh, it says on the new center back signing alexander randovanovic wolf says there are factors beyond the team's control in parentheses governmental as 
a lot of you probably already guessed, uh, but they hope to have him here in Austin next week. That's their hope at this time. So that's not necessarily a quote from Wolf, but just words from Cap City. I'll read it one more time. There are factors beyond the team's control, but they hope to have him here in Austin next week. That's their hope at this time. Football critic, I want to get you in on this. You said you had some insight on the Serbian players and kind of this issue going around. Um, first of all, the player being here next week, you know, that'll be good. Get him into the system, right, as soon as possible because it is alone until June. But um, your take on what you needed to, to say on the Serbian players, mate. So I actually did some research on this, and I looked out like Serbian players playing in MLS currently, and there are four Serbian players uh, right now. One is Jovalic from LA Galaxy. He was signed on, on August 5th from in 2021, and the first game that I could find that where he was either playing or in the bench was August 14th. So nine hmm. days, only nine days for him to be from from signing to actually be on the bench or playing. Um, SKC, they have Radoja, Radoja, I don't know. Um, he's signing January 1st of this year and was available for the match day three on, on March 11th. Uh, then the New England Revolution, they have Petrovic, a goalkeeper, signed April 6th from last year and was able to play or be on the bench in April 30th. So almost a month there. And then this is the the most interesting. Colorado, they actually signed a player on February 17th this year, and he's also on loan and from a Belgian club. And he got to be on the team by match day three on March 11th. So right there, we're talking about a little bit less than a month. Um, again, a player also on loan and also from the Belgian league. So if we were to get uh, Alexander here uh, next week, you know, Wolf, you know, he's still going to have him train and get adapted and whatnot. So I would say maybe we can see him in about three weeks. Wow. That's a long time for Austin FC fans. They just heard you say that and did the same thing I did. Wow. Three weeks, 21 days. Um, it is important to note that Austin FC did drop the announcement for Alexander Randovanovic. March 22nd, so it's already been eight days. It's already been eight. Uh, some of the players that you just mentioned for critics seem like it was kind of a quick process, nine days to be on the bench. I don't think we're going to see that. It's already been eight for Austin. If it's going to be next week, it'll already be um, eight plus seven. Was that 15, right? 15, yeah. So two yeah. weeks, three weeks maybe for critic. Ish. I mean, because you, you got to add, you got to add Wolf. Because you know Wolf <laughs> is very, very meticulous, you right? Got, you know Wolf. You got to... You got to multiply by Wolf. Yeah, exactly. Wolf. Yeah, Wolf is not rushing anything. I, I like mean, he, he, at this point, like, the way he played Lima, I mean, at this point, he's going to play Rigoni at center back. So, no, <laughs> he, yeah, no, we, we got to add that factor. I did see, though, that uh, Ambro Tarek uh, resurfaced, I guess you could say. He's back on social media. He dropped uh, a, a couple photos on his story of him in the training ground and kind of like a thinking pose, like a thinking face. He still has to reflect. Wolf did come out recently and he said that Kip and him are not ready mentally yet. So we're going to see what happens there. A primo, real quick, I'll, I'll get your take on everything going on with uh, Alexander. Football Critics has three weeks. What's your take on that timeline? Man, I hope I hope it doesn't take that long, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised given with, <laughs> with the history of... Uh, our, our visa situations and getting players out here. It's actually a surprise when we get a player, 
here within like a week or two. So um, hopefully it's it, it's different for this guy. Hopefully we're able to bring him sooner than three weeks because if you think about it, the three weeks comes by, are we really going to need this guy? Because Kante is going to come along maybe a week or two after that. Um, I would hate for him to go through a, a Corozo situation where we, we brought him out on loan um, thinking we were going to play him. And this guy saw the bench most of the time. Um, so I think the only difference that that uh, that that could happen there is if we actually sign this player, then maybe you can see him as as a solid, uh, you know, uh, substitute and and someone that can that can get minutes on. But um, I don't know. It's going to be a tricky situation when you know if you have both center backs coming at the same time, and then you like you said you saw Amrotade getting ready. Um, although he's not ready right now, who's who's not to say he's going to be ready within a week or two? Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see how long it, it takes to to get this guy out. Uh, the only thing I know is that we need him ASAP. Um, it'll be good to maybe have him out for the LAFC game. Um, but it's it's a tricky situation with these visas and and Austin SC man. Yeah, mate, I don't, I'm not counting on this guy for the LAFC game. So if you're an Austin FC fan out there listening to this and you're counting for the new player for the LAFC game, I mean, I don't know also. I don't know because we are in unusual times and unusual times call for unusual measures. Uh, I think that's what how the quote goes. So Wolf might be desperate. And if he sees that the guy's fit and ready to go, I mean, Wolf has been critical of a lot of players' fitness lately. So maybe Wolf has an extra eye for that right now and, just like a uh, football critic said, you got to multiply by Wolf. So maybe three weeks is spot on, mate. Uh, let's see. I have something here for Eric. Um, the player that we're talking about, Alexander Ranovanovic, the, uh, he's from he's from Serbia, Serbian center back that Austin FC got on loan. You know who else is a great Serbian center back, mate? <laughs> Nemanja Vidic. Yes, sir. Are you ready for Austin FC to sign there, Nemanja Vidic? You compare Radovanovic to Vidic? Come on, man, relax. They're Serbian, bro. I don't mean nothing. There's other four other Serbians that play here, too. But Austin could have found their Nemanja Vidic. No? (laughs) No. We'll see. We'll see what uh, he can do. There there are some fans that were very critical about this signing. Uh, They were saying that, hey, you know, this is... Another one of those signings that is really maybe not going to bring anything. The loan is short. Fans were very critical about that kind of deal. Again, they were like, Austin FC, another Corroso situation. Football critic mentioned it moments ago. Uh, there is a option to purchase this guy. So if he comes and balls out and he earns himself a nice little pretty penny, um, you know, he's going to sign on that dotted line for X amount of years, and we'll see if Austin FC keeps this guy. You know, um, It is important to note also that Ruben Gaberson came from a – you know, kind of like a unknown situation as, as you know, he also came from like an unknown situation where we didn't know, you know, the level of that team. We didn't know if he was coming from a good level, if he was going to perform in the MLS. He ends up leaving this team as one of our favorite center backs of all time of this young club's history. So we'll see what this guy can do. Uh, I want to go on to one of the next topics that we have on here, and it's the Austin FC2 team. I want to give them some praise, y'all. Just give them a little bit of love because they really earned it. Um, the game was absolutely fantastic. I want to go over their 2-1 win over the Dynamo Doze because they low-key got it for us, man. They avenged us, bro. They literally brought life back into the Austin FC fan base because if they, if Houston would have got that double on us, mate, I mean, it would have been bad. It would have been absolutely bad. We don't have a women's team yet. Houston has a women's team, but 
if FC would have lost to Dino Dose, I would have been hurt. I would have been hurt. And Bali was there. Bali might have punched through a brick wall at that point. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I do want to say that the stadium was absolutely packed. It was to the rim. There was people that were watching it at the bar at the pitch because the tickets were sold out. And also, I think that was the day that SeatGeek had an issue nationwide where the website, the company kind of crashed and you couldn't transfer tickets or something like that. And you couldn't buy the tickets. Um Either way, it was sold out. There was no seats. We actually had to be standing up. And it was a really cool group that we had. It was me, Bali, uh, Brian was there. We had the guys, for, uh, Zach from uh, the North End Pod. We had Landon from Moon Towers there. Landon from Moon Tower as well. Phil West was in there. Um, but also we had first team players, Drusi, Maxi, owners and coaches were there. It was a vibe. Morga was there as well. Uh, so it was obviously fantastic. Uh, the result, two to one, definitely it definitely put the cherry on top. A brace from Valentin Noel, uh, and then the goal, which Houston went up first. I forget who who uh, scored for them. But football critic, I want to get your take on this, mate. After seeing the reaction on social media, the photos that were that were posted of the crowd, the videos that you saw, and also Austin FC released a very a a very nice and a first team style video for the Austin FC2 team that really highlighted the behind the scenes of that win. It was a very special moment for those lads. So what was your take, obviously, um, from wherever you saw it, mate? What was your take looking at it from that point of view? I loved it. I mean, seeing that the game actually got sold out, seeing that people were really excited, seeing that the players were supporting the youngsters, seeing that the owners and these big names were all there to support it. I I absolutely love it. I think it's great because looking from outside the U.S., one thing that the U.S. don't really have, and it's it's kind of a messed up system, is the the youth system, right? Because, I mean, we get players like Danny signing for prof- for a professional team at uh, at age 20, 21. When you have here in, in South America, you have guys from Brazil at uh, 15, 16 year olds already signing for uh, Chelsea and Real Madrid, right? And Zlatan even called them out one time and he said to get to a professional level in the States, doesn't matter how, how good you are, you got to have money. And that's not a way to that. develop the sport. Right. So having the MLS Next Pro and being able to sign teenagers at age 16 and the way that you, that you can broadca- broadcast it uh, through Apple TV, although they don't have the replays there, but you can watch the games on Apple TV in the, in the MLS pass, season pass. Uh, you can keep an eye on these guys, not only you like the friend, but also other clubs in, 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 in Europe or anywhere else and can give them a chance earlier in their life to develop better um, than before. To me, it's just great. It's a really good step for for, um, the league, for the players, for the clubs. The clubs themselves getting people from the draft and putting them there to win something. They actually also want to win in that league. Um, it's also pretty a pretty nice thing to do. You know, not everyone is going to be a Dani Pereira, who is going to be an amazing player from first choice. Um, so being able to peak in the draft and then send them there and the, and for them to perform there, that it's it's the best thing you can have for a club. Spot on, mate. Really, really spot on. Some really good key points on that. Uh, I'm going to read the starting lineup for the game. Uh, in goal, we had Damian Loss, who did fantastic. He saved the win at the end of the game, bro. He had a last-minute save where Houston had like a kind of like a ricochet ball bounce in the box. 
and the Dynamo player kind of tried to chest it into the goal, kind of like a reaction touch. And Damian lost on his toes, almost the hair like, the hair like, uh, makes a great save and secures the win for the team. So big ups, Damian Law. Sal Mazaferro, who we got from the Super Draft, performed very well in that game. Big ups to him. Kip Keller, Kip Keller, who a lot of fans were surprised that he was sent to the Austin FC2 on loan. Five players were sent on loan for Austin FC2 on 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 temporary. Josh Wolf confirmed today that it's just temporary. It's not permanent, but there might be something in the works for Charlie Asensio. Confirmed by Cap City Soccer, there might be something in the works for Charlie Asensio. He could be sent permanently to Austin FC2 for the season. Charlie Asensio did go on loan to Charleston Battery last season. So um, he's uh, the important thing is that he's getting PT. I, w- I will say that. But Kip Keller um, at Austin FC2. Making his return, the fans chanting his name, saying, Kippy, Kippy. You know, he definitely loved it, so big ups to him. Joe Hafferty, who is the captain for this team. Now, he recently signed for Austin FC2, and a lot of people were surprised. Landon was surprised from Moon Tower. Uh, Zach from the North End Pod was also surprised. I was shocked, too. I didn't know that, that this guy was going to be captain. But ba- and but based on what I saw in the video that Austin FC dropped, captain material. Captain material from this lad. I mean, I... I I love the the vibe that he brings to the locker room, and he just has that leadership, just just uh, mindset. You can you can easily see it, easily see it. So big ups to uh, Joe Hafferty, Charlie Asensio, who was mentioned on that left side. Uh, we had Valentino Well picked up a brace. Jackson Walty, those two are from Pittsburgh. Remember that the chemistry is there. Jackson Walty looked fantastic on the ball as well. He looked very secure, very sure. He knew what to do, scanning at all times. Really good performance by Jackson Walty. Uh, we had Cristo Vela, little Vela, Vela's uh, oh, Carlos Vela's nephew. I think he looked off of it. I wasn't impressed by his uh, performance. He did get the start um, when he was subbed off, though. The game changed, and I think that the game needed him to be subbed off. I'm not writing him off yet. He's a young kid, obviously. Do not get me on that. But I, I need to see more from uh, Lil Vela. Uh, David Rodriguez, who in preseason shined with the first team, Wolf had a quote on him. I'm going to read it real quick on uh, on why he's not in the in the first team. And uh, Josh Wolf had to say this. Um, he says he said he's looking for consistency in their performances. He mentioned that he too liked David's performances in the first ATX FC two match and in preseason. Uh, he has been with the first team in training along with Salma Zaferro, Joe Hafferty, Valentino Well, and CJ Fadri. So some players from the two team training with the first team. That's absolutely fantastic. And uh, two more players, EJ Johnson, who looked great, by the way. He was burning players. Uh, him and Lil Vela were swapping sides because Vela couldn't keep up. And uh, EJ Johnson was burning, dude. CJ Fadri comes on later on in the game and wins at Frost and MC if he didn't watch the game. Um, and Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, who I didn't really see much of in, in the game. He was kind of, he was a bit sluggish. Um, on the bench, they had uh, Sebastian Pinot. Uh, Chris Pinkman, Brian Arellano, young lad. Shout out to Brian Arellano, young, young kid right there. Alonso Ramirez, the kid from Atlas that we got on loan. Uh, he did come on in the second half. Steve Louis Jean, uh, Chick Ture, who came on as a sub. CJ Fadre came on as a sub, as mentioned, and had a beautiful performance. Fantastic. I can't wait for that kid to grow into the player that he's going to be one day. He's going to be great for us. Hopefully, he does stay here. Um, Jonathan Santillan and Eric Lopez, who um, I think is a great keeper, but Damian Loss might have that position on lock if he keeps playing like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, boys, you have anything you want to add on the Austin FC 2 praise? You're good? 
Perfect. I love it. Let's go on to the next topic, um, which is just a real quick Colorado touch up. Just real quick. Want to touch up on that, mate. Um, I want to get uh, y'all's overall take on the game, if y'all may, you know, and two points dropped or a point rescued at home. I'll start off with my G football critic, mate, because we haven't heard from you. Um, I can't say a point rescue because we were never losing that game. Uh, we were never, you know, we were never down on the score lane. But definitely uh, two points dropped. I mean, at the end of the day, if it, if it wasn't for Stuver, we would have lost that yeah. game uh, 100%. You know, um, yes. just uh, replaying, like rewatching that game for the run it back. Um, that's going to come out soon. It, it, it was the saddest game of the season so far. <laughs> Young it season. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it really was sad because. Um, Austin came back to that famous uh, horseshoe of sadness, and it was a big problem because um, we all know what happened, what's happening in the defense. You know, uh, for Wolf to have to have to put Lame as a center back, the defense it's it, that's a problem of its own. We're we're talking about it, although I am pretty comfortable with Leo and Ring. Uh, then you get to the midfield. Something really weird I saw this game was that. For most of the game, not all of it, Valencia would play higher than Danny. I mean, Valencia is this number five, more defensive player that, said by Danny, defends better by da- than Danny, right? And yet you're playing him higher and trying to distribute the ball, the, the ball instead of having Danny, who is already used to it, right? So that threw me off because... If you look at the game for the first entirety of the of the first half or first 30 minutes, Danny did virtually nothing but try to occupy space and not allow for a hole uh, and the ball to go through. Danny almost didn't touch the ball or, or his touches were meaningless, but not because of him, but rather because Valencia was the one that was higher upfield and, and, and doing stuff with the ball, trying to get the ball further. So that made no sense to me. Um, and then you get the, the the forwards, our biggest problem right now, because it's not even, I wouldn't say it's even the players, or but I will say that Sardis is walking a fine line, in my opinion. But uh, the our problem is that is we're he, strictly... Is he football critic? To Go me, ahead. he is. I mean, to me, you can criticize Rigoni, you can criticize Finley, you can, but Sardis to me is the one that has done the least that, that, that like I, I have, I'm not a big, uh, I, I don't go hard on, on players, but Sardis is, it's getting there because he's doing nothing really. Um, but th- what I was going to say is that we're strictly playing through our wingers, right? That's how we play that, that like if, if our wingers are doing nothing or can't do anything, Instantly, instead of looking for second options, instead of looking for Drewsy to get inside and accompanied by Fagu, like, no, instead of doing anything else, we instantly get the ball back to the fullbacks, back to the center backs, and try to change the, the, to, to the other side of the field and then try to advance again. That's the horseshoe of sadness. You, you, you can't get through the left, go back, and then try to the right. You can't get through the right, go back, and go like that's That was maddening watching this game because there was no creation whatsoever, but it's mostly because they're obligated to play through the wingers and not to create anything from the inside. That's the only the, the only reason that why we won versus RSL was because those were two wonderful long shots 
that are, are wonders, right? And they were long set from the outside, from the middle, because the players were allowed a little bit of space to take those, those shots. Mm-hmm. But they don't always go in. If, yeah. if you take those, shot, those shots away, it's always through the wings, and the wings are not working. 100%. My G football critic with a masterful breakdown of the Colorado game. That's why it's called Run It Back, written by football critic. It is coming out. Make sure to check it out whenever it does drop on the website, WorldSTV.com. Uh, Primo, not much you can add on that on that recap, bro. So I'm going to ask you and Eric this next question, and then we'll get football critic after y'all give me y'all's. The debate, B and Bali. Bali's Army versus Brian Bros. You were there, Primo. Who won that? <laughs> Who won that debate? Man, it's just being in that room. Is it gets hot, man? It gets hot. It gets very hot. hot. And so, um, I think I think both guys have have you know their their reasons on on what they think. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's still early on. It's still early on in the season. I might have to side with with Brian here a little bit. Um, you know, we still have a few games. Is Wolf gonna get sacked? I don't think so. Um, my man just signed a, a big, a big deal, big contract. So I think they want to at least see um, some kind of investment uh, out of that contract and give Joshua a little bit more time. You know, after all, he he did have a great season uh, last year, um, and we'll we're just gonna have to to see. I mean, it, the team is isn't where we would want it to be. Um, but just give it time, man. Just give it a little bit of time. Um, Joshua will figure it out, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we're in a playoff spot by the summer, and you know we're doing all right. And uh, like I said, just give us some time, man. Very patient, very patient, primo. I see Eric over there is losing his mind. Yeah, um, laughing his ass off, man. What bro, <laughs> real quick, I I actually said that one time to a fan after the fan reaction. I said Josh Wolf had a great season last last year, and they said Josh Wolf or Drusy, and I was like, oh, I was like, wait, what are you saying? They were like, Drusy carried Wolf. It's like, damn, those hot takes. But I'm gonna leave that up to the fans. Um, to let us know what they think about that. If Josh Wolf had a great season, like Primo said, or did Rusi carry him? I don't know. Um, Eric, you were out there shaking your head, kind of laughing at Primo. Just real quick, I want to know, name. Give me a name. Who won? Bali or B? I think both of them at this point. I give both sides, but it's like, I mean, what can you say? I guess, yes, it's early, but at the same time, how much time are you going to have to give Rigoni and all those guys? Like football critic was saying, it's just on the wings. There's no creativity through the middle. You got to create, man. You got to switch it up. You got to switch the play style. Put subs in, you know? Man, I loved watching that that episode. But, oh, man, I'm going to say Wolf out because Rigoni needs to score, man. And I'm going to say this right now. Drew, you see, got y'all through last year. And guess what? Teams learned about y'all's tactics. And boom, every time I see him play, lockdown, lockdown. The secret's out. You guys got the secret's split. out. Zardes ain't doing nothing, man. What do you clearly, clearly. Hey, bro, okay. Just give me a name, okay? Primo, real quick. Just give me a name. Are you Brian Bros or Bali's Army? <laughs> just a name. Right now, at this moment, Brian Bros, baby. Eric, <laughs> are you Brian Bros or Bali's Army right now? I was Brian Bros, but after the game and Houston and Colorado, 
Bali's army. Oh, football <laughs> critic, the tiebreaker of the episode. Are you Brian Bros or are you Bali's army right now, mate? So usually, very like 90% of the time, I agree with B. <laughs> this time, I go with Bali, but oh! but this is very 60-40, okay? Okay, okay. It, it is very 60-40 because Bali, Bali has some great points. Bali has some really good arguments, and I agree with him. But so does B in the sense of the way people are criticizing the team makes no sense. No Ooh. sense whatsoever. I mean, I, I agree about the production. I agree. But like, like I said, it's not really the players, but it's the system. Because like, like Eric said, like other teams are going to learn your, your tactics. So, yeah, it makes sense that you needed to change from last year tactics. It just so happens that the tactics that you change it, that you change it to are not working. And and I, I understand it's early in the season. Yeah, uh, it may not be that long for you to realize that or for you to want to change your mind because changing tactics takes a while. But the hole that we're in right now, it's kind of it, it's frustrating to see that you are not performing well. You you barely got a few a couple of wins that are very circumstantial. We weren't the dominating team, or no? They, they are circumstantial. We, caught, we won a couple of times, very barely, and 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 to see that there haven't really been any change. I understand the frustration. I understand um, the the criticism towards world or or, or the, the frustration towards the lack of production of players. But to me, the players are not the problem. The quality is there. You can see it even even in this Colorado game, which was a horrible. You could see for a very brief instant a play, a combination between Drusy coming from the left and, and Fagu from the right. They made something. They tried to make something in the midfield, but they just couldn't. And you know what happened? Colorado, a team that had, hadn't had scored more than one goal when going into Q2, all they had to do was be very aware of the man that they had to mark of leave, to leave Austin without an, an option to pass that is in the center backs. And Austin has nothing. No Tough. options. Tough. That, that, that's the only thing that teams have to do to leave Austin without any tools to do something in the game. My G football critic out here making me stress. You can see by the by the end of my hair right here, bro. Stressing me with his words, my G. But hey, what a take right there, uh, boys. We have just six more minutes left on the Austin FC segment side of things, and we're gonna we're gonna use it on the LAFC preview. Y'all cool with that? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna start off with a a, a quote. It's um this is Stuver on LAFC. Uh, says, we all remember what it felt like being in LAFC, watching them lift the trophy and taking away everything that we worked so hard to get last year. That type of feeling doesn't go away very easily. So going back to LA into a place where we ended our season last year, it's definitely good for us to remember how we felt and we know that we can go in there and get a result. We did it last year. So think for all of us, it's kind of a so I think for all of us, it's kind of a redemption match. Redemption match is what Stuver's putting it on there. This is a quote brought to you by uh, CapCitySoccer.com. Shout out to uh, the Ribbonator, Maiji, giving us this exclusive, exclusive Stuver stuff right here. Primo, um, mate, we were, we were supporting Austin FC, obviously, since the get-go. Made it to the Western Conference Finals. 
last season, mate, the hurt was there. Football critic, the hurt was there also. Eric, little Austin troll, maybe the hurt wasn't there for you, but you definitely enjoyed the three nil defeat that Austin FC suffered. But primo, um, what what feeling do you get hearing Brad Stuber talking about a redemption match going into this LAFC game? Is that the right mindset going into the game? Uh, I think it is. I think it's it's probably the only mindset that should be on these guys' minds um, coming off the games we've had these past couple of weeks. Um, you know, we can use that as motivation. We can go in hot. We, we've been in this team before in, in regular season. Um, True. The first, you know, both both surprises, you know, both both surprising wins. Um and we're just we're just gonna have to bat it out, man. It's we're we're not gonna have the team that we 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 want against these this LAFC uh, team. But um, I have no doubt that the guys can can get it done. Uh, it's it's gonna be definitely a tough game with with Boanga as their striker, man. That that man is on fire right now, and it's gonna take a lot from our defense to to stop uh, Mr. Boanga. But um, Brad Stewart's in the right mindset. I hope uh, Rigoni, Faundes, Rusi, you know, I hope all these guys show up. Uh, maybe Uruti. I don't know about Zardes, but maybe Uruti comes in, does his thing. Uh, we've done it before, you know. This, is, this isn't anything new to us. Um, I, I like that 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 we're, we're coming into this game as the underdogs and... Um, like I said before, we we've been in this team before, man. It's it's yeah, it's nothing good new. Good points. Good points on there. Now, uh, for for Austin FC, maybe um, you know it is important to note that nobody really expects them to win this game. So if they want to make a statement, it this game will be perfect. And when I say that nobody expects to win this game, it's not dog in my team, my club. I mean, kiss the badge. This this is my my city. But let's be real. I mean, this is an LAFC that is cha- MLS champion. They won the shield. They're on the double. They're chasing Champions League, and it's that's an important note to bring up. And football critic, I want to get you in on this note. This is a powerful LAFC side. They're no slouch. They're no joke. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that we're in bad form, coming back off of a bye week that's needed for fitness, freshness, mindset, right? Coming back, bouncing back versus an and a powerful LAFC side. I mean, if the boys win this game. Massive statement, huge statement. Even if they perform well, they could be like, you know what? That's a a a sign that Austin is kind of coming back. I guess you could say, right? But how important is that midweek Champions League game going to be going into this game? Because LAFC is still in it, Austin FC is not. They got to travel and play Vancouver. Who? I mean, is that going to really hurt LAFC, or will it really not matter? Because they might play a rotated side, and it could be enough to take care of an Austin FC that's going through a center back crisis. To be honest, I don't think so. Um, I took a look at at their lineup for the past couple of games, talking MLS, um, CCL away, CCL home, and everything. And they do rotate, but their their rotations are just like two, three players. So they have they and and their subs are good, you know. So like they and they still perform. So um, it's not like us. It's not like the team that we took to the DR that was a very, very different team, uh, an obviously weaker team. No, they managed rotation or they have the capability to rotate in a smart way that is still performs at a high level because they have the tools for it. Um, so 
the only thing that you could maybe hope for is, you know, Buanga and Vela uh, just getting tired, not being as effective. But if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me, hey, are they gonna have a weak team because of rotation? I don't think so. I really, really don't think so. Mm. Interesting point, my G football critic. I was talking to an LAFC fan earlier this week, and they were saying that um, they are concerned uh, with the amount of games that they're playing right now. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, there's no injuries. I hate to see injured players. That's, I absolutely hate that. So hopefully, the, you know, nothing bad happens. Uh, but fitness is a concern for some LAFC fans, and, and hopefully it doesn't come and bite them in the butt. Some some MLS teams struggle with the Champions League and the MLS and the Open Cup, but LAFC is proving to be an elite MLS side, y'all. Let's just be let's just be real. I mean, they're a level above a lot of teams in this league, and um, you know the fact that we went to the Western Conference Final with them last season, and you know we we were we weren't necessarily close to beating them. It was three 0 but we went we, we went at it with them last season, and that just says a lot about Austin FC and where they're going. I guess you could say we're still a very young club, very young. Primo, um, you have anything that you want to add on the LAFC preview before we get um, Eric's take real quick? Um, no, I mean, I, I pretty much said what what I needed to say. I, uh, these guys, like I said, I have no doubt in this team. And uh, just wishing for the best, man. Wishing this can really be, uh, this can really be a jump pad for, for us. Perfect, brother. Now, uh, last season, Western Conference Final was these teams, LAFC, third place right now. Austin FC is in sixth. Uh, we did talk about the midweek CCL match in Vancouver. Uh, we, you know, we talked about a little bit about the keys to winning this game. You know, we have to have all the players spot on. Everybody has to be in it. Brad Stewart's mindset is in there. He's going to be a key. He has to have another Colorado-like game because we're going to be facing shots. Brad Stewart, you know, one already at this point in the season, a keeper that has faced the most shots. Great on the keeper stat. Terrible on the defensive side of things, right? Why is your keeper even facing those, those, those that many shots? Eric, uh, to close out the uh, LAFC part in the Austin FC segment, really, uh, what are your expectations for this game? I mean, this is Austin, a, a, a team that's in bad form against L- an LAFC side that you saw what happened last season in that Western Conference final. Um, but what's your uh, prediction, I guess, going into this game? 3 0 loss. Oh, my. Get, get out. Get out. Get out, mate. I mean, get out, mate. I'm, I'm being real. Get out, mate. I'm being real. I'm being real. I mean, Austin is not in form. I'm sorry. 3 0, mate. 3 0, yeah. mate. Yeah. Provo critics saying that they have their rotation is perfect. I mean, that's something to be scared of, man. So I'm going to say right now, you guys are either going to go away with a hard fought draw, Stuber's going to pull an amazing game like he did, or you're going to get batted. You know what? That's my thought. Go ahead for work, critic. Well, I mean, yeah, we we are we are the the, the odds are against us. Okay, I, I agree absolutely with that. Um, however, we can still have a type of game that we had last year at LAFC. Um, that all depends. It really does depends if the team, if Wolf, take this week this this break that they are having right now to try and switch things up in a more effective way. If we, if Wolf sticks to what they to what they have been doing all of these weeks, yeah, uh, uh, three nil loss is very likely. If there's a some if, if there's a small change, the guys, especially if they are motivated, they can pull a one goal difference win. Hard fought, very hard fought, but one, one we can win it. We it, it is possible the same way it was possible last year. My G football critic, 
Optimism there when uh, little Troy Eric over here wants to say three nil defeat. Yeah. You're you're hey. just disrespectful. A and it's possible. It is likely. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It is likely, but yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Austin FC is gonna is gonna go out there and show people out. This is a great way to come back. It's a great way to make a statement. Say, hey, no bad form here. No locker room crisis. Center back crisis, maybe just a problem, but no crisis because Alex Ring is performing off, you know, just out of his butt. So we'll see what Austin FC side we see. You know, they're going to be relaxed. They're going to be refreshed. They needed this break. We'll see if we have Maxi Zardes or Will Bruin. I mean, based on the rotation we have right now, we might even see Rigoni at nine sooner or later. But um, uh, I guess that's it for the Austin FC side of things. Yeah, we talked about the Colorado wrap up real quick. We said LAFC. We gave the two praise and the state of the team, which is a very nice touch brought in by my G Football critic uh before we end the episode we're going to do just a little bit of international talk uh some some things that i want to touch up on finland and lil weissenden um the from from cap city the website also they had notes on 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 lil they touched up on him in training today uh lil was really happy that the finnish national team bounced back to get a win in their second game of wefa qualifying last week lil will be back in austin tomorrow and have a couple of days to recover from the trip, but he is returning in good health. So by the time this drops and you're listening to it, Leo Weissenden will probably most likely be in Austin. If not, he would have, uh, he'll probably land later on that night. So very, very good news there. Um, uh, Football Critic, you had a, a a update for us real quick on Mr. Leo Weissenden. Uh, yeah, I watched the game versus uh, Finland versus Denmark, and uh, Leo did well. You know, he did what we have seen him do at Austin. Um, the thing is, Denmark, they are a really good team, especially compared to Finland. So even though they lost 3-1, uh, Leo was semi-responsible for only the third goal because he just had a bad clearance. The ball fell to the forward who had a hat-trick and just scored, right? Um, mm. But Leo was just, it was a, he was an average uh, center back. Uh, it's just that they, Finland could barely hold on to Denmark. If you thought Stuve had a really good game versus Colorado, the Finland keeper that game it was a, it was a, the double the saves were were as double double number and double in quality, like that that keeper had a game that night, um, so that they could have easily lost six one, but it was mostly because Denmark is that good and not Finland is that bad, right? Uh, yeah, and then I, I, I checked what, what, how he did with uh, versus Northern Ireland. Again, the same thing that we've seen with uh, with Leo at Austin FC. He makes long passes. He has, he's accurate. He has clearances. He's good in the air. He's he's a solid, you know, a, a good enough, a solid uh, center back. So the fact that he played the way he's been playing at a pretty good standard, pretty good level, and to have him come back to Austin after international break with no health issues. It's going to be really great for us, especially versus LAFC. Love that. Love that football critic. Great insight on uh, Lel Weissenden and uh, his uh, his update on, on Finland. Uh, just real quick, touching up on Owen Wolf. Uh, this is also via Cap City. They went off today. All the good stuff is on their website today. Y'all should go check it out, capcitysoccer.com. Uh, this says uh, on Owen Wolf, says, he came back to town last night. So two days ago by the time you're hearing this. And he's in good health. Uh, he will rejoin the team in a couple of days. Uh, Coach Wolf was impressed by Owen's backheel goal. If you haven't seen that clip, it's a really cheeky, nasty Ronaldo-like backheel goal. Beautiful. Uh, it says, uh, Coach was impressed by Owen's backheel goal for the U.S. Men's National Team U-20s in Europe last week. Uh, he was able to watch a recording of it and thought he got good power on that shot. Wolf said this, y'all. You ready? This is, this is, this is cheeky. Love it. He said, Wolf said, quote, 
I never scored one like that in my career. So Daddy Wolf maybe feeling some type of way with with little Sunny Sun Wolf. But if you haven't seen that clip, it was a nasty goal. Owen Wolf gets really good power on that back heel. And it reminds me of the goal Ronaldo scored on Valencia, if I'm not mistaken. No, was it Valencia or was it Granada? Was it whenever they were wearing all red? They, I think that that Real Madrid kit was all red. Eric, you're getting you're getting flashbacks. Talk to me. Yeah. When yeah, was yeah. that goal? When I was that goal? I forgot who it was without he like. They yeah. were wearing all red. That's the yeah. rare Real Madrid kit. That's all red. That's a rare kit. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Real Madrid fans, uh, if you haven't seen Owen's goal and you saw Ronaldo score that back heel finish with Real Madrid in his in his in his early stages, uh, it was very similar. Very very similar. Owen Wolf kind of gets it higher though. Ronaldo's kind of went on the ground, I guess you could say. But both similar goals. Owen Wolf doing his thing out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Scotland. Well, actually, before uh, we move on from Scotland, um, boys, do you have anything you want to add on Owen Wolf? I'm sorry, I I did I, I didn't ask you if y'all had a, a take on Mr. Owen. Yeah, straight. Uh, I, I just think it's great that he's he's a solid pick for the the under 20s US men national team. Like he's yeah. always you know he's getting consistent call ups. Uh, he's already you know he's uh 19 is it? Oh 18. So he's a he's very young player. Very young. Yeah, I mean uh, by by like he for sure is gonna be called to the to the main team. So it's just great for him to have that consistency. Is it a hot take to say that we might see Owen Wolf at the World Cup in 2026? No, I could see it. I can see it too. Pull some strings. Pull some strings. The the U.S. men's national team is 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 known for string pulling. It's it, that that's a family team. So. It's a family team. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's a family team. I love that. Football critic is on one today. I'm loving it, mate. Um, let's let's we, we have two more games we're gonna talk about. We're gonna go just a couple more minutes on on this episode because we do got to talk about some international. Um, and it's uh, I want to get some praise for Scotland who was one of the bigger shockers for me um, in the international break games. And I want to get Eric on this because obviously he has a Man United jersey behind him. McTominay, who got two goals, two goals, McTominay. Absolutely fantastic game from him. Eric, your take on McTominay, Man United player. I mean, absolutely running riot on a Spanish side that maybe is struggling. New coach going through a rebuild phase, maybe. Why can't he do that for United? (laughs) Like, well, okay, congratulations. You got two braces in two games. Bring that to United. When you're in United, you you disappear. You're somebody that nobody knows and nobody likes and nobody cares about. But internationally, you're a monster? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Something's fishy here, man. Something's fishy. That's how I like Yeah, understand. it's the coach. It's the coach. And you blame Ronaldo. And it's the coach this whole time, bro. This whole time, I there there was a quote by by Rodri that I want to read real quick, um, and it was on that game. Rodri, I'm trying to find it, but pretty much Rodri is kind of like criticizing the Scotland side, saying that they were rubbish. I'm trying to find the exact one. Um, football critic, I, I want I want to get your take on the game real quick. If you would, did you actually see this game, brother? I'm I'm sorry. No, I didn't see it. I did see ah. something interesting though. It, for up, the first time in nine years, is the first time that Spain lost, loses in a European qualifier. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's an incredible stat. Uh, here it says, Spain captain Rodri slams rubbish Scotland in explosive TV interview. Uh, Rodri labeled Scotland's style of play a bit rubbish and claimed it's not football 
after his Spain side slipped to a stunning 2-0 loss. Primo, you look shocked there, bro. Man, I think it's just I think he's just being petty, man. Just take the L, brother. Just take the L. Just take, take the L. L move. You know that you're better. It's a maybe it's a freak game. Just take the L. McTominay won't get a brace ever again in his life. He won't ever get a brace again in his life. Be real. Not a United. Exactly. Come on, mate. Come on, bro. Um, let's see. I want to move into the Morocco game versus Brazil. Uh, football critic, I want you first on this. You said you had more of a more insight on the Brazilian side, I think. So the floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I just always like to keep an eye on international games. I love them. Um, Brazil, like uh, all props to Morocco. They played uh, real well. They are still in this like World Cup mode. You know, they are still feisty. They are still doing everything. The 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 lineup. They just changed like a couple of names, but it was still the same as the World Cup. So they played really well. But, like, not to take the win away, but Brazil, on the other side, they have an integrated coach. They did not play the same players as in the World Cup. They did have Vini, they did have Rodrigo, right? Um, but they also experimented a lot with local players. They got ha- guys from Palmeiras. They got Vitor Roque, uh, the new uh, Chelsea guy, right, um, from Paranaense. So they, they were experimenting. The keeper was Weberton. It wasn't in Allison or uh, Ederson, right? So um, Brazil was experimenting. They were just trying new new things, seeing new players. So again, Morocco played amazingly uh, as they did in the World Cup, but it was a weaker Brazilian side. Eric, your take, mate? Yeah, football critic hit it perfectly. I saw a lot of a lot of young faces that I have haven't seen at all. Or, you know, I saw a few of them. Casemiro got his goal. Lucky, really lucky goal. Um, but, I mean, Morocco is just is just running through these big teams. They'd be in the likes of Spain, Portugal, you know, Brazil. And what, what, what catches me by surprise is that when they play in their nation, they struggle. But when the big boys come... They're just, oh, we got to win. And, and they pull out big upsets. I think uh, maybe I have a little bit of insight. Primo might know a bit on this too. But it's like whenever the small La Liga teams have to come to the Bernabeu, they play their hearts out. Uh, maybe some of these Morocco players, they know that when they play some of these bigger countries, they know that the media attention is going to be all over them. And they want that job opportunity to go to a Champions League side, Europa League side. Um, you know, they want to go to that championship side, that EPL side, maybe a La Liga side picks them up. But uh, we'll see. On the Brazil lineup, I'm going to just read it real quick. Um, you know, football critic mentioned Weverton, Tellez, Ibanez, Militao, Emerson, Santos, Casemiro in the mid, Lucas Paqueta with his little dances, uh, Vini Jr., Rodrigo, and Ronnie. Who is Ronnie? Who is this Ronnie, guy? That's from Palmeiras. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Showing my... Uh, incompetence with uh, Brazilian football. New kid? Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's, you know, like Palmeiras is a, it's a, this is, is well, it's actually a pretty uh, a big winner in South America. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're or anything, right? Real yeah. Madrid just got a youngster from him. Hendrik. Hendrik. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, also, and, and, like, and if you see, like, they were, they were losing already by the 60th minute and all of the changes from Brazil came in the 65, 65th minute. And they were also oh like local players. They were in you know big names to trying to save the match. So yeah, just uh, uh, an easy an easy friendly, let's say. 
There we go. 2-1. Morocco wins it. Football Critics says it was a young Brazil side. Casemiro gets a lucky goal, getting criticized by his supporter. I don't know. I mean, Man United fans just cease to amaze me, bro. Cease oh, to amaze you. me, bro. Cease to amaze me. No wonder that 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 club can't even find a buyer, dude. That's, you're going to see Man United up in Goodwill. Sooner or later, mate. It's going to be up in Goodwill, Man United as a club. Uh, didn't see, didn't Elon Musk wanted to buy Man U? He, he should. He should because that stadium has holes and tunnels all over that roof. Elon Musk knows a lot about holes. And hey man, old... stop coming to my club, man. Show some respect. We're trolling. Old Trafford. Old like Trafford. Oh, they I'm can right. take a hike. They can take a hike, mate. Um, one of the last topics that I want to touch up on, mate, just maybe spend five minutes on it, um, is the U.S. Men's National Team uh, versus L3 Final Four uh, talk. If we can please just touch up on that real quick. It was announced. I have a screenshot here. Uh, what is it? We said L3 is going to face the U.S. Men's National Team. I got it right here. Uh, we got the Nations League final for uh, July. The, oh, sorry. Let me go back. The CONCACAF Nations League finals, right? The final is going to take place June 18th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the semifinals, that's where it's going to be first, obviously, right? Those are June 15th. That's the Panama versus Canada game. That's going to be June 15th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And then the other semifinal leg is El Tri versus, Me El Tri versus Mexico. El Tri versus the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, June 15th at 7 p.m. Pacific time and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Really good matches, mate. I'm excited for this little final four thing that they got going on, Nations League. Uh, my final, real quick, before I get y'all's, Mexico, Canada. Mexico wins it. Mexico, Canada, Mexico wins it. Uh, let's see, Primo, yours real quick. Who is your final bracket? Um, man, I, I mean, I got Mexico win the whole thing, man. It don't matter Ooh, if it's on the other side. We're going to take it. Go. Let's get it. Let's get it. I don't know. Mexico does have a new coach. I'm probably being biased. But the U.S. men's national team isn't in such a pretty boat either. I mean, they got that drama going on. I don't think they have like a 100% coach yet. It's like an intermediate I believe his name is Anthony Hudson, if I'm not mistaken. But they got some good players. I mean, they got some talented players in that U.S. side. They're no slouches. Football critic, I saw you over there kind of getting frustrated when I said Mexico is going to win this. Give me your final bracket. Yeah, uh, okay, to me, it's going to be uh, U.S.-Canada. Okay. Because yeah. okay. here's, like, okay. Yeah, Canada's it, great. It's right, like, the final is going to be in June. Well, the semifinal is going to be in June or the final? Um, the, the finals, the final and the semifinal are both in June. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, a lot of things can happen to like until June, especially with that U.S. Uh, coach. But here's the thing: so Mexico won two 0 versus Suriname, right? U.S. won seven one versus Granada. True. I mean, it's a good point. Make like if you want that match to be even, Mexico versus U.S. Why is Mexico not beating Suriname by a greater margin? They also struggled against Jamaica 2-2 in El Azteca. They did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the U.S., it is true. The U.S. is having a lot of internal problems, right? And they have, like, they have all this drama. But the players performed. The players responded to their duties despite having an integral coach. They, 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 they showed their spark. True. Mexican players haven't done that yet. Yeah, Ever since it, the World Cup, since before the World Cup, it's been a while. So right now, uh, oh, I'll, I'll tell you this though: the, the, the Mexico and the uh, always grows bigger when facing the U.S. 
and so the U.S. to Mexico. But so the, it true. can be even. But so That's far, true. right now, the U.S. is in a whole lot better shape than Mexico. That's true. And I think if you ask the average CONCACAF fan right now, they'll say that Jamaica has some talented players. Canada yeah. has maybe even more talented players. And the U.S. just has the better of all four, maybe you could say. But Mexico has mm-hmm. a rebuild phase right now. They got the new coach, uh, Coca, El Profe Coca, you can say. And they got a long way to go. I mean, it's been... Yep. It's been it's been rebuild after rebuild after rebuild. We had Osorio, we had Tata Martino. Now we have Coca. Uh, Eric, I want to get your 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 take on this, mate, before we end the pod. Uh, my my final is gonna be United States Canada, uh, Mexico. I was listening to local radio and they're talking about how uh, fans are booing the keepers on team players. Uh, ex-players like uh, Chicharito coming out saying you guys should support the players, not criticize them. I think that was Chucky. I think Chicharito had something like that too. He had like he was on like a stream, like on a video game stream. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them, and it just shows you how the Mexican national team is in shambles, man. They I, did though. They've been in shambles. This isn't news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is it ever gonna get fixed? I want. I I missed the. That 2012, you know, Copa Oro, Mexico, you know, beating the United States constantly. They always call against the United States and they're just, oh, easy dub. But eh, it didn't seem anymore. Now the, switch, the roles have switched. So I think the United States is going to go to the final. And I think Canada's going to win it. I'll say this, mate. Times Ooh. have changed. And Canada winning it. Okay. We got Mexico winning it. We got Canada winning it and U.S. winning it. So we're going to let the listeners and uh, people that like to comment let us know who they think is going to win this this Nations League final for Canada, USA, Mexico, or uh, USA. Um, we're going to end it. We're going to end the pod right here, y'all. It's been fantastic. One of my favorite midweek episodes that we've recorded so far. We had the debut of Football Critic. Thank you both for coming on the pod. I look forward to every single article that you drop. And it's been an absolute delight working with people like you, JC, and Scott. And I, um, I look forward to the many, many more Twitter spaces. And for sure, we're going to have you back on the pod, bro. For sure. Anything you want to add, Football Critic? No, man. Just want to be thankful to you, all, all of you guys. Always great to have some uh, soccer talk. Uh, with people that you know they know their stuff they're always aware of what's going on so yeah no it's been great and yeah of course you'll be looking to be back i loved it for sure mate thank you eric and primo any cl- um, closing comments that you have austin fc's in shambles mate <laughs> you had to say it you had to say it mate primo please end this on on a better note than that bs get better man we're gonna come back we're gonna go to the bank lac we're gonna spend it's not the bank money. anymore it's not the bank it's is bmo it? stadium it's bmo man, they changed the name is, again man. whatever it is we're gonna go out there we're gonna get the job done bro watch, just watch it used to be the piggy bank stadium but i guess maybe they they heard that i was calling it that so they had to call their <laughs> investors and they said no let's change it to bmo so <laughs> it is what it is austin fc will be back against lafc soon this has been the top five podcast midweek episode thank you for your support and we'll be back soon y'all peace <laughs>